Midtown Detroit studios of WDET. This is Detroit Today. What's in a name? Well, in Detroit, it turns out an awful lot. A proposal to maybe rename Hart Plaza, our centerpiece Riverfront Park, has inspired a bit of controversy as defenders of former Senator Phil Hart's public namesake push back. We'll learn more about Hart and his legacy, then we'll talk about naming, how and why we do it, and when is the right time to make a change. That's next on Detroit Today, but first the news from NPR. Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, your host, and I'm really glad you've joined us. If you want to start a fight in Detroit, I mean a real fight, suggest that we change the name of a street or another public place. In recent weeks, we've seen this happen around the idea of maybe renaming the iconic Hart Plaza, which sits at the foot of Woodward, the intersection of Jefferson. Arguably, at least geographically, our most important riverfront space. Detroit City Council member Mary Waters proposed renaming Hart Plaza to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Plaza. Another name that, of course, is quite revered, not just here in Detroit, but all over the world. Waters, inspired by conversations with constituents in northwest Detroit, says she wants to create a place that embodies Dr. King's message of nonviolence and inclusivity. And of course, that is one of the places that matters to his legacy. It's where he once delivered his historic I Have a Dream speech the first time in nearby Huntington Place, which was then called Cobo Hall. But this proposal has ignited a really, really spirited debate. I think it's fair to call it an argument, in fact. A conversation about the importance of preserving legacy and a conversation about Phil Hart, the man who is named, whose name is on Hart Plaza. Now, we should talk a little about who Phil Hart was. He was a U.S. senator who represented Michigan for 18 years, and before that, he was the state's lieutenant governor. He was a champion of civil rights legislation, and he played a pivotal role in passing the Civil Rights Act of 1964, and he was the floor manager in the Senate during the passage of the Voting Rights Act in 1965. This is a guy of real integrity and conscience. And in fact, he earned the title, the conscience of the Senate. It's one of the reasons that one of the Senate office buildings in Washington is named for him. And for all of the things that he did and all of the legacy he left behind, the truth is, I think there are a lot of people who don't really know who Hart Plaza is named for. I've heard people describe it as Hart Plaza, like 
love. Like, I love Detroit. And that's why we named that Hart Plaza. So this is a situation that raises a number of broader questions. How do we name things? And when and why do we choose to rename cultural landmarks and public spaces? On one side, there are always those who argue that renaming can be a powerful way to honor individuals who've left an indelible mark on society, ensuring that their legacy lives on. On the other side, people say that renaming can erase historical context and diminish the contributions of those who were previously honored. Hart Plaza. It's been that since it was constructed in the late 1970s and early 80s. But should it be something different? And if it is going to be something different, should it be an homage to Dr. Martin Luther King? A little later, we're going to hear from Councilmember Mary Waters about why she's proposing this name change. We'll also take a look at the broader conversation about changing the names of cultural landmarks, about the factors that surround when and why we should do it in our communities. And we're going to talk with an expert in cultural and historical geography and, of course, the city of Detroit's official historian, Jamon Jordan, who has a lot of thoughts about this. But first, in order to get a better understanding about the man behind Hart Plaza's current name, I'm joined by one of the foremost experts on his life and his career. John Shaw is the director of the Paul Simon Public Policy Institute at Southern Illinois University. He has published books about a lot of political figures and the Senate, including JFK in the Senate, which covers the 35th president's near eight years uh, prior to his ascendancy to the presidency. Uh, Professor Shaw, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. Yeah, it's great to have you here. So let's just start with an overview of the life and career of Philip Hart. This is a name that is actually very familiar to me because I grew up in a family that was pretty deeply involved in labor politics and and just outright government politics. Uh, And he was a close friend of uh, several people in my family. But explain to our listeners who Phil Hart was and why he is... Yeah, why he has such an important legacy? Well, I think Senator Hart is almost, to me, without dispute, one of the most interesting, consequential, and admirable senators that have served, um, certainly in the last century. <clears throat> he was a, a remarkable man, by all counts, kind, decent, tough-minded, smart, principled, incredibly honest. Um, He was a quietly effective senator. And I think one of the reasons he's not particularly well known is, first of all, he served in the Great Society Congress, which had some pretty large (laughs) figures, you know, Lyndon Johnson. Some important people, right? (laughs) Right. Lyndon Johnson, Hubert Humphrey, Mike Mansfield. You know, he served with all three Kennedy brothers, uh, John, Robert, and Ted in the the Senate. So so there was was big figures in the Senate. And also, uh, you know, American history tends to be focused on the presidency, and we tend to look at you know, presidents as, as being the kind of the dominant forces in an era. So Hart was one of these people, I mean, he's, he, he's um, uniformly described as kind, 
principled, willing to challenge his own base. I mean, this is something we don't see in American politics anymore. I mean, he was willing to, to, to uh, you know, in, in, in Michigan, challenge the automakers. Uh, he was one of the leaders in consumer safety and auto safety, one of the real early leaders in environmental legislation, uh, a pioneer in antitrust legislation. So he was at the cutting edge of a lot of really important issues, but his, his kind of motto was, you know, let the other person get credit for it. And, um, and I guess let me just say one other thing, and then we can broaden it out. But mm-hmm. the thing that strikes me, too, is he was relentlessly fair-minded. They used to say, like, in a Senate debate on a topic, he would be debating someone, and he would literally, you know, in the course of the, the exchange, you oftentimes kind of repeat the opponent's perspective. People would say that he would actually repeat the, the, the opponent's uh, perspective better than the opponent did. <laughs> I mean, he was he had this razor-sharp intellect, and he would say, you know, so-and-so makes this argument, and he would make a completely compelling, passionate argument for the other person as opposed to the more familiar construct of building a straw man and tearing it down. So, so there's so many aspects of Phil Hart that are deeply, deeply um, important and consequential. And, and I am saddened that more people don't know about him because he really is a compelling person. He wasn't perfect. Um, he, uh, you know, one of my favorite comments, too, is Phil Hart maybe is the only senator in American history who said publicly that he would be a bad president. <laughs> right. He said, I just don't have the temperament. I, I, could, I wouldn't be a great president. I mean, right. how many people have ever said that? Right. Um, and so that, that kind of, to me, is illustrative of his just just kind of decency and candor and kind of down-to-earth quality. Yeah, yeah. So so I want to talk about his his importance in Washington as well. Uh, there are three Senate office buildings in, in D.C. There's Russell, Dirksen, and Hart. Uh, and so it, it goes without saying that that's a pretty rare honor to have one of the places that senators actually work named after you. But talk about why Phil Hart ascended to that Level. I mean, Everett Dirksen, of course, is is maybe one of the most famous names in legislative history. So Phil Hart sits astride uh, 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 that legacy with his own building. T- tell us why. Well, anyway, the the interesting part of this too is it was initially proposed when he was living. Yes. So that doesn't happen a lot. But you know, I think it just speaks to the just almost singular um, integrity of the man, the fact that he treated everyone from from every political perspective with respect and decency and kindness. And he was literally beloved on both sides of the aisle. I mean, he would, uh, you know, and he could disagree with someone, but he had this wonderful ability to disagree with civility and kindness and respect. So I think the fact that the Senate building is named after him is just a complete reflection of the you know, uniform respect and and esteem that he was held in in Washington. And, and uh, you know, sadly, I think uh, the Hart building is still there, of course, and it's uh, and it has, you know, bears a wonderful inscription to Phil Hart's name. But, you know, I worked in that build, through, I would pass through that building for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And it just, boy, I wish more and more people who, who actually work in the building realize and understood the legacy of the man who it's named after because he is he's one of these people that when you're looking for heroes in American politics you know you you can he's a pretty darn good person to start with in terms of a role model for young people trying to think about political careers yeah Yeah. Uh, I'm talking with John Shaw who is the director of the Paul Simon Public Policy Institute at Southern Illinois University he is an expert on many people and things about 
the U.S. Senate, but also about Phil Hart, a former senator from right here uh, in in Michigan. We're talking about the proposal to perhaps remove Phil Hart's name from the plaza that sits at the intersection of Jefferson and Woodward in downtown Detroit. Uh, name it for Martin Luther King instead. Uh, we're also just talking about how we decide to name things around here and when and why are the right times and reasons to make a change. We'd love to hear from you, the listeners, during the conversation as well. Give us a call and let us know what you know about the legacy of Phil Hart. Did you know that Hart Plaza was, in fact, named for a former U.S. senator and lieutenant governor from here in the state of Michigan? What do you know about Phil Hart? Maybe he's somebody you actually remember. Uh, Also, give us a sense if you think we should rename Hart Plaza as uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Plaza. There is now a statue, in fact, of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in Hart Plaza commemorating his march uh, here, the Walk uh, to Freedom, that took place in 1963, just before the March on Washington uh, in the fall of that year. Should the whole plaza then be named after Dr. King? 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we can work into the conversation. Uh, John, I want to talk a little about Phil Hart and civil rights. As you point out, he serves during this kind of great society period in the Senate when uh, President Johnson is pushing through an, a, a number of huge, initiatives to really reshape uh, the the social fabric uh, of of the nation. And and civil rights is at the heart of that. Uh, Phil Hart played a role not only in the Civil Rights Act of 64 and the Voting Rights Act of 65 when he was uh, acting as floor manager in the Senate, uh, but he's also a co-sponsor of really important legislation that changed immigration uh, to talk about Phil Hart and, and civil rights. Yeah, he was, as you say, he was a, a towering figure in this debate, again, in the quiet, effective way of building coalitions. Um, he had this really uh, remarkable ability to to work across the aisle. He had no enemies, so he could sit down with even conservative Democrats who are blocking civil rights and just, you know, be able to talk through at least some of the procedural aspects of moving the legislation. Um, so, and he was passionate, a passionately uh, supporter of of civil rights. As you mentioned also, he was a champion of voting rights, which was passed in 65. Also, people don't often remember this, a key architect uh, a couple years later in the Open Housing Act, which is also a really important bill. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Hart has his, his fingerprints, and again, sort of faint ones, because we don't uh, give him his due. But on much of the, you know, really momentous um, great society legislation, um, and uh, and so yeah, it, it's hard to it's it is very difficult to overstate his impact. And you know, it's funny because in, in the eulogy Ted Kennedy gave of Phil Hart, he said and he said this you know kind of ironically. He says you know Phil lived by the golden rule in Washington, which is you know there's no limit to what you can accomplish if you give the other person the credit. Mm. Um, and that was what he did. He did not draw attention to himself. He did not you know embrace the credit. He didn't do photo ops. You know his 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 staff was a, a gas that he would not, you know, 
put out press releases taking ownership of of issues that he you know had been a leader on. It was just this this kind of quietly effective um, approach to to public policy. And also, I mean, consumer safety. Hart was you know decades ahead of lots of people on this issue. You know, truth in packaging, truth in lending. Um, the list goes on and on and on. And when you think of statesmanship as someone who can kind of see beyond the the, the bend and and sort of see what the future, um, the challenges of the future um, are, you know, you're going to be hard pressed to find someone who, uh, who is a Phil Hart stature. And Stephen, as we're talking about this, I, I know this is not my particular lane in this discussion, <laughs> but as we're going back and forth, to me, I don't, you know, I can't speak for help Phil Hart, of course, but boy, I don't think he would mind it being called the Hart King Plaza. Mm. Um, that would be a wonderful way of, of honoring both of them. Yeah. All right, John Shaw, director of the public, uh, the Paul Simon Public Policy Institute at Southern Illinois. Really great to have you here to talk about Phil Hart. Thanks for joining us. It's my total pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk with Councilmember Mary Waters about why she supports renaming Hart Plaza in honor of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. We'll also add someone else to the conversation in a little bit who's going to talk about the cultural and historical geography of Detroit and how we come up with names for things and when and where are the right times to be thinking about renaming things. Also want to continue to hear from you on the phones and on social. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones and you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and be part of the program that way. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. For news that impacts your community. Music that moves your soul. And conversations that matter. W. D. E. T. Detroit's NPR station. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and I'm really glad you've joined us. We're talking today about whether we should rename Hart Plaza, the park that sits at the intersection of Jefferson Avenue and Woodward Avenue, right in the center of our downtown riverfront uh, access. Uh, Council member Mary Waters has suggested that we at least ought to be talking about adding Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s name to uh, that space. Uh, we want to hear from you during the conversation as well. Lots of people I have seen talking about this all over social and all over town. What do you make of the idea of renaming Hart Plaza? Uh, do you remember Phil Hart and the things that he did? Do you think that we ought to protect that legacy of him being the person after whom that plaza is named? Or do you think it makes sense to add another name or just rename it altogether? 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. Uh, you can also go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we can include you in the conversation that way. I want to welcome uh, a very important voice in this conversation to the show. Mary Waters is a council member at large for the city of Detroit. Uh, Mary, welcome back to Detroit Today. Oh, uh, 
<laughs> good morning. Good morning, Steve. It's always, it's always great to hear <laughs> and, from you. <laughs> and to your listeners, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So let's start here. Uh, how did you come up with this idea? What inspired you to suggest that the Heart Plaza could be renamed for Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.? All right, uh, and I know most people don't want don't want to believe this, but this is exactly how it happened. I was talking with some citizens on um, uh, the northwest side of Detroit who suggested it. Mm-hmm. Um, I made a commitment to follow through on it, and I always like to um, keep my commitment. And so here is here is how they suggested it to me, uh, Stephen. Um, they said, Councilwoman Waters, we need a place that we can go to that symbolizes nonviolence mm-hmm. as as it as King did, you know, his whole mission. And they said, Can you consider uh naming Hart Plaza after Martin Luther King? Mm-hmm. And so I, and I thought about it. I thought about it, you know, for a couple of weeks, in, in fact. And um, and I said, well, at least I've got I've got to begin the conversation. And so I decided to introduce the uh, the resolution. You see, the the drawing thing for me for 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 such uh, for taking up the uh, the issue that they mentioned to me. Mm-hmm. It's because it's when they talked about nonviolence and King's mission and what that represented. And it was just that simple for me, just, you know, for me, which, yeah. which, which made it easier for me to be the champion for, for what they were trying to do. And I know that people in, in this city have been just so tired of the violence that they've been experiencing. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted to be able to promote nonviolence. Now, does it have to be Hart Plaza? Not necessarily, but that is the spot that that people suggested. Sure. And, and, and I've got to tell you, Stephen, uh, this is a teachable moment at this time. Mm-hmm. Let, mm-hmm. Me, let me just say, it's a teachable <laughs> moment. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm a member of the National Action Network. They're the first ones to come out and and, and really just disagree with me. <laughs> right. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> they, they, and, and, they, they took me to school and said, yeah. well, let me remind you <laughs> right. uh, who Phil Hart is, yeah. who so, he was and what he meant, meant to the nation and to black people. So, so I mean, one of the things that I think is is funny about uh, us here in Detroit and, and kind of quirky is that, look, you put this out there as an idea, right? It, it's just an idea. And as you just explained, you have a, you had a, a good reason to suggest that idea, that your constituents came to you and asked you to do that. I don't know why we have to always think that that, that everything is has got to be a fight i guess <laughs> a real bitter <laughs> argument about things it's I okay mean, to, I mean, I think it's okay to talk I about mean, ideas I'm isn't tired tired and feathered <laughs> <laughs> because i would and, and 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 you guess what 
I can't do a thing alone. It takes five votes. Right, right. To That's move right. anything on, on city council. But what I will do, I will work with the National Action Network, Sam Ritter, all those guys that are out there uh, uh, taking me to school uh, about Field Heart, and, and, and I'll, I'll do a teach-in. Because you know, we because ought to have like an, what a great idea, right? Let's let's yeah. sit around and talk about Phil Hart. Let's talk about Martin Luther King. Let's talk about our public spaces and come up with a way to 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 accommodate all of those things and and maybe leave the conversation with everybody understanding uh, a little better. I get I, I I get where you're coming from for sure. Um, but but I, I want to give you a chance to talk about your familiarity with. Phil Hart and the things that he did and uh, how you feel about making sure that 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 he is honored in in the right way in Detroit. Oh, oh, I you know, I I am I I appreciate uh, Phil Hart's contributions to this country and to uh, uh, voter voters rights and civil rights and how he stood shoulder to shoulder with uh, Martin Luther King. And, 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 and now that I have been reminded, of course, about what his contributions were, you know, nobody's perfect. You know, as I still learn myself. And I, I, you know, this has been a really strong lesson for me to say, well, wait a minute now, Mary, I think you've forgotten who Fear Heart was and what he really means meant to this nation and what he still means to this nation. And if you erase any of of that, if you remove his name from Hart Plaza, you are in fact are removing history as many have tried to do with African Americans in the first place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I hear them loud and clear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And which, which is why, I, I, I decided to ask my car, colleagues when we return in September to consider a Hart King Plaza. Now, they might say no to that. They might say, leave it alone. And if that's what they say, then that's what, that's what I'll do because, as I said, you do need five votes. Yeah. And, and, and I don't have a problem with, uh, with that, but the part of the, the backtracking piece of it and decided – and I've decided to backtrack some and say, okay, now that I know how strongly so many people feel about uh, Phil Hart, uh, I will backtrack and I'll ask my <laughs> colleagues. <laughs> yeah, Hart <laughs> King Plaza is kind of a Hart cool King name, Plaza. or King Hart, or whatever you wanted to call it. That's a cool, yeah, you know, that's a cool name. I, and 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 the, you know, and it makes it real strong because of why. When you talk about how they work together, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, how they stood shoulder to shoulder, then I don't know how anybody can actually reject a Hart King Plaza because now then we've got both the best of both worlds. We've yeah. got King there, you know, symbolizing, representing the whole nonviolence piece that the citizens wanted to get to in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have the legacy of both of those men down there and all the great works that, that they've contributed to this country. Uh, we know that King gave the ultimate sacrifice, sure. and that was his life. And and so, um, yes, yeah. I mean, 
Yeah. Uh, Stephen, I cannot tell you how strong <laughs> some people feel about, yeah, no, about this, you know. But uh, that's you know, a great thing for yeah. me, you know. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you know, you don't know until you know. Um, <laughs> you you know how speak strong. Up, right. <laughs> <laughs> Until you you say something and then people are like, oh my goodness, right, right. I, I'm thinking, okay, all right, so I'm taking a spanking it's just, here. It's just an idea. It's just an it, idea. It, it's just right. an idea. Right. Don't turn feather me. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, I want to I you know, take say, some say calls to me, here. Make some suggestions to me and say, hey, <laughs> hey, Mary, why don't you consider this? And so there have been different people that have been calling the office. You know, some of them say leave it alone. Some of them say King Heart. Some of them say. Uh, I want to make it something altogether different, you know. But I love it when people do weigh in, so I appreciate that. And I, I do want folks to know, yes, it it is a teachable moment, and it is for all of us. And and it kind of says to us, Stephen, that we've got to remember our history, study our history a lot more, you know. Yeah, there's uh, no question the, about that. Yeah, 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 no question about it. And I do want our children to uh, understand who both uh, Phil Hart was, Senator Phil Hart, along with Martin Luther King, and I don't want them to ever forget. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I want to take some calls here. And again, 313-577-1019 is a number. Of course, we've got a lot of folks uh, lined up to talk about this. I want to start with Gene in Detroit. Gene, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. Good morning, Stephen. Hey. Uh, good morning, Councilman Walters. Good morning, Gene. Uh, I just want to say that the more people know about who Phil Hart really was, the more they'll stop and think about all this. And frankly, I, I think some of this is uh, due to the frustration of uh, city council uh, still chafing at the oversight of the uh, FRC. Uh, you might even want to think of uh, just a few hundred yards east of you. There's a street named after a slave owner. Maybe you want to do something about that. <laughs> and interestingly enough, uh, there's a co-worker of mine who uh, worked for city council, Elizabeth Richards, who uh, was the uh, daughter of uh, Joseph Walker Williams, who the center on 12th Street is named after. Right. And he was a mentee of the great George Washington Carver. Mm -hmm. That'll be happening next month. Gene, always always appreciate your thoughts and and really appreciate the call. Go ahead, Mary. And and, and let me just say to Gene, certainly I I know the history of Joseph Walker Williams. As a matter of fact, a few years ago, when they were attempting to shut down Joseph Walker Williams, I joined in with the community there to help prevent the shutting down of Joseph Walker Williams Center. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's a really important, again, space in Detroit that's named for someone important. That, you know, you can't overstate how much in this city all of these things mean and the names that are attached to them. And I'm also glad Gene brought up the, the idea of revisiting street names and other things in the city of Detroit that, that are named after people that probably shouldn't have that kind of uh, honor. And we do, we are overdue for those conversations as well. Gene. Uh, exactly. So let, let's just keep the history going now that we're at it. Yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> yes. uh, let's go next to Andrea in Lathrop Village. Andrea, welcome to the show. Hi, Stephen. Hi. I've listened to you for years. Love it. First time caller. Oh, great. Um, but it took someone like Phil Hart to get me to call in or the topic. Um, 
one of the things that hasn't been mentioned, which was so important to me personally, was um, when I was involved in the Democratic Party, much younger, we created a youth caucus. The party itself really was not very positive about it. They didn't think it was necessary. Bill Hart was the only legislator or Democrat that came to that youth caucus, sat at the back of the room, and just listened. And Mm. he was a great listener, but he was also inclusive. The message he was giving people by attending our little um, humble caucus of young people was that he was with us and that he was encouraging young people to get involved in politics. I think he's he will absolutely go down in history as one of the finest senators that ever served. And and I was just so sad uh, when he could never, when he um, retired, but um, he was a wonderful man and the insight, he was so quiet and so, and he was just a great listener. And I think everything that people have shared is so true and it even goes beyond that. So in terms of renaming uh, Hart Plaza, we just can't lose that name. Mm. Um, I appreciate Councilwoman Waters' openness and um, to re-examining this. I think that speaks volumes for her. She wanted to speak for her constituents and yet is open to possible amendments to that idea. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah, Andrea, really, really appreciate the call. Oh, yeah, and and thank you, uh, Andrea, and for reminding us of of just, uh, you know, the fact that the senator was pretty grassroots as well. Yes, very. You know, and people often talked about how he quietly walked through the halls of the Senate, of the U.S. Senate, and made things happen. Uh, so I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I, I want to add another voice to the conversation here as we continue to talk about cultural landmarks and how we name them. Uh, Derek Alderman is an expert in cultural and historical geography and a professor at the University of Tennessee. He has conducted extensive research into street naming initiatives, including those in honor of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., looking at the power of place names, the challenges of renaming, and how history shapes Urban Landscapes. Professor Alderman, welcome to Detroit Today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. Yeah. So as a cultural geographer, you've studied the politics of naming streets after Martin Luther King Jr. We have one here, of course, in the city of Detroit. Most cities that I have been to seem to also have one. Share with our listeners some of the key insights and patterns you've discovered in the way we honor this really important historical figure with these streets, naming streets after him. Well, I, you know, I think one of the things that comes to, to my mind is, is I've been listening to uh, Councilwoman Waters. Hello? Yeah, I, I think his, uh, we're going to try to get a better connection with Professor Alderman. Uh, that his phone seemed to cut out there. Meanwhile, let's take another call for Councilwoman Waters. Robert in Detroit. Robert, go ahead. Hi. Um no, I got to plead ignorance. I didn't really know the history of Hart and always knew Hart Plaza as a huh. beautiful jewel. Uh-huh. But you know, you, you got to look at it now and it's falling apart. So I'd be careful about who you name it after. <laughs> I just, it should, you know, restore it to its, its former glory. And, um, you know, I, I prefer a more neutral name like Democracy Place or something like that. But I'm so amazed at what Hart did and Martin Luther King. How about just putting up some placards that talk about the history so people like me know it or, or get to learn it, you know, have, have uh, historical markers around mm-hmm. the plaza, fix it up, 
And then maybe even change the name to Heart H E A R T. Yeah. So, Robert, I was going to ask you if you were one of the people who thought. I, I run into people all the time who think it is Heart H E A R T. They think it's Heart Plaza now. Um, and I was going to ask you. I knew if, it was Heart. You knew it was. You knew it was H A R T. But I'm saying, you know, I like King Heart. I like all the ideas that have come up. But come on. We need to fix up the place. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point as well, Robert. Uh, Mary, there there yeah. are plans to really remake Heart Plaza. My my big objection to Heart Plaza is, of course, you know, uh, we built this this great riverfront park and made it all cement, uh, which which never made sense to me. Mm. I mean, there should be grass. There should be there should be Some softer spaces, right? But but there are plans, uh, I, I know, to, to really invest in Heart Plaza. Maybe you can talk a little about uh, how council is thinking about that, and certainly the mayor has been talking about um, it. Uh, yes, I, and, and, and to Robert's point, the first thing we've got to do is clean it up. Yeah. Yeah. That that is so true. We've got to clean it up so that when people come there, and then as we begin to look at the total picture, and I do like the idea that you just mentioned as well, Stephen, um, regarding some green space. Yeah, yeah. You it know. should be a softer space than it yeah, is. Yeah, it should be a softer space uh, there. And so, uh, yes, I'm I'm open to all of those ideas, and and hopefully, uh, if someone from the administration is listening, and we can team up. And we can make sure that Hart Plaza is a place that everyone would want to visit. And and if we make it a little bit softer, it becomes a bit more enticing for people from around the world who come here to visit. So I'd like to see that, and, and and thank you so much for that for that idea, Robert. I'll make sure that that is included. Yeah. Okay, uh, Councilwoman Waters. It's always great to talk. And to and, and you know what? I, I'm going to mention what Robert said. You know, H E A R T. H E A R T. That's not a bad idea. And and a lot of people think it's a, that's what it is anyway. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for joining us here. All right. Thank you. Okay. We're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue talking about cultural landmarks and naming. We're going to add Jamon Jordan, the city's official historian, to the conversation. And we will get back to Derek Alderman of the University of Tennessee. We've got him back on the line. We also want to continue to hear from you on the phones and on social. 313-577-1019 is the number. And you can go to Twitter and hashtag us and be part of the program that way. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and I'm really glad you decided to join us for talking right now about the idea that's been put out there by Detroit City Councilwoman Mary Waters that perhaps we ought to rename Hart Plaza, the plaza at the corner 
of Jefferson and Woodward right in the center of the downtown riverfront space, a historic place already uh, here in the city of Detroit. She thinks uh, we ought to add Martin Luther King Jr.'s name to that space. Uh, That has inspired an awful lot of backlash and a pretty heated argument. Uh, We're talking about not just that instance of a name causing that kind of friction, but the idea of naming more generally. How do we come up with the names for public spaces and streets? And when and where are the right times to think about renaming. I want to hear from you on the phones and on social as well. 313-577-1019 is the number here. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. Uh, we were talking a little earlier with Derek Alderman, who is a professor at University of uh, Tennessee and someone who has really studied cultural and historical geography. We've got Derek back with us. Welcome back to the program, Derek. And we want to add another uh, voice to the conversation, a familiar voice here on Detroit Today. Jamon Jordan is the city of Detroit's official historian and founder of the Black Scroll Network History and Tours. Jamon, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me, Steve. Yeah, no, it's great to have you here. So, uh, Jamon, I'm always curious about uh, your take on things like this around Detroit. I have not seen it anywhere, so I just want to hear you uh, react to Councilwoman Waters' proposal. Is, is, is it time to think about adding Dr. King's name to Hart Plaza? So the good thing about um, Councilwoman Waters' um, proposal to rename the uh, Hart Plaza as King Plaza is it allows us to talk about Philip Hart. Mm-hmm. It, allows us to, it allows people to finally learn who this man was named after. I mean, a lot of people who are steeped in history may know who Senator Philip Hart was, but a lot of people in the city of Detroit knew nothing about him, didn't know it was actually named after a person. As you said earlier, there were some people who believed that it was Hart, like, you know, (laughs) H-E-A-R-T. Right. And so this gives us a chance to talk about his history, his civil rights history, his legislative history, his passage, and his leadership in the passage of the immigration reform in 1965. Even his work in um, helping to desegregate hospitals right here in the city of Detroit, his his civil rights history is highly important in the city of Detroit, and people would otherwise not know it if it were not for this proposal that came out, and that forces us to now revisit the story of Philip Hart. But it also helps us to understand that Dr. King himself has important um connections to the space that Hart Plaza sits on today mm-hmm. because, of course, the Detroit Walk to Freedom, which ha- happened in June 23, 1963. And, of course, he would give a speech at Cobo Arena, then Cobo Arena, where he le- ends that speech with a, with a portion of the I Have a Dream speech, which he would give in Washington, D.C. two months later. And, of course, we have the statue there now. So that gives us a chance to talk about all of this history. And that's I, I, I always love the discussion of history. Um, more so than the discussion of whether or not we should change the name. However, Philip Hart is a definitely uh, a very important name that we ought to know here in the city of Detroit. Yeah. So, uh, as I said, you're the city's official historian now and have been for a while. Uh, I wonder if you can talk about the challenges and considerations that are involved in deciding 
when and whether we change the names of historical landmarks, and especially those with really problematic associations. You're somebody that I've had a lot of conversations with about the names that are on stuff around here and and how maybe that's really inappropriate. But but walk us through how we how we should be thinking about that stuff. So um, so the historical viewpoint, of course, is that we um, um, when we look back at history, these are people who are are and were important in history. And they were important probably to the city of Detroit. And so we named things after them or the city names things after them. Of course, we have about 18 streets named after slave owners in the city of Detroit. But of course, those slave owners were important in that history in land ownership and helping to form a small fort area of a fur trading fort into a town, which would later become a city. So we know why they, those streets were named that. They weren't named that because they were slave owners. They were named those. They, they, the streets were named after them because they were landowners and they were part of the process of bringing Detroit from a fur trading fort into a town which became a major city. But now we ought to be able to look back at these historical figures and be able as a community, a present day community, to decide whether or not these people deserve to have the honor of streets, buildings, schools mm-hmm. named after them from Joseph Campall to Lewis Cass. Do they need to still be able to have the prestige and honor to have these things named after them? But we ha- Detroit does have this great history of naming prominent places. Hart Plaza is one of them. We have the Charles H. Wright Museum after Detroiters. Mm-hmm. And so we named them after prominent Detroit. Rosa Parks Transit Center, the Aretha Franklin Amphitheater, um, Thomas Palmer. We don't say it that way. Palmer Park, um, Zachariah Chandler, Chandler Park. Yeah. And so we have heroes and we have streets and, and parks and schools named after them and institutions named after them. We could now revisit some of the other places that historically we know why they got named that. But maybe we ought to revisit those. And I would say Hard Plaza, of course, is not one of those places. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I do want to bring uh, Professor Alderman back into the conversation here. Are you, are you with us? Oh yeah, I'm right here. Oh, there you go. Okay, uh, go ahead. You were you were talking about uh, how, in particular, with Dr. King and his legacy, cities all over uh, the country, you know, try to figure out how to honor that legacy. And and street naming is uh, a big part of it, but 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 there are other things as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, in addition to almost a thousand streets in the U.S. that are named for Dr. King. There are hundreds of public schools, many libraries, parks, and as we're talking about here, a possible plaza. Um, and, and I think what's really interesting about the, the, the project of naming uh, American places for Dr. King is that it is, and, and I really couldn't agree more with my colleague, uh, uh, Mr. Jordan, is that uh, it, it, it absolutely inspires these critical discussions about the nation's past, but it also inspires um, some discussions about our public spaces. And, and how we want names to work within those public spaces, what sort of values we want communicated, what kind of public spaces that we, we want to have reflect who we are, what we are, and, and then actually thinking about the future because uh, place names, the names given to plazas, streets, schools, they do the work of the future. They outlive their creators. They project those values into the future. And, and one of the things I find very, very interesting about this discussion uh, that, that we're having here, you're having there in Detroit, is it's really about civic imagination. Hmm. It's about, yes, yeah, about history. It's about uh, do we want to 
um, get rid of uh, Philip Hart's name and, in essence, to devalue his memory, uh, and also about remembering Dr. King, of course. But it's really a discussion about um, having this, exercising a civic imagination in terms of having more agency about what our spaces should say about us. And I really think many communities, as, as Detroit is doing right now, need to do exactly this kind of work. Uh, they want to look at the history of names that dot their maps and their dot their street signs and, and rediscover those histories and then determine, is that a history or is that a memory that we want to keep valorized on the landscape? Or is there a, a better set of memories and a better set of values that we want commemorated and valorized? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. Let's go to George in Ferndale. George, it's on your mind. Thank you, Stephen. George in Pleasant Ridge, actually. Oh, Love you're it. in Pleasant Ridge. That's yeah, right yeah, next yeah. to Ferndale. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, I was inspired by Councilwoman Waters' uh, intro uh, about two things, teachable moment. It's obvious that a lot of people don't know Phil Hart's legacy uh, but the other thing, space dedicated to nonviolence, mm-hmm. what I'd suggest, uh, think, think about Campus Martius. Campus Martius means field of war. Yeah. It's where we marshal <laughs> troops for the, yes. for, to fight on the right side <laughs> on the Civil War to end <laughs> slavery. And, you know, that work, of course, was not finished then. Uh, Dr. King's legacy still isn't finished either, but just in terms of bookends. It would be a great way to dedicate a space that yeah. a lot of people use to nonviolence. That's yeah. my thought. Yeah, so you would you would rename Campus Martius as maybe like King Plaza or something like that. You got it. Yeah, that's an interesting idea, Jamon. What do you what do you think of that proposal? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's interesting. I, I agree with you. It's an interesting idea. <laughs> One thing that I notice about the, um, the usage of Dr. King in some in many cases it's really to honor, of course, a man who's as close to universally celebrated as as we we have in in modern times, mm-hmm. but sometimes the usage of Martin Luther King Jr. is used to remove other history right. that is also important. In Lansing, Michigan, there was a street, of course, Logan Street, but that's the street that um, Earl and Louise Little were raising their family Malcolm on, X, and of course, yeah. Earl would be killed, and he's the father, and that's the mother, Louise, mother of Malcolm X. Yeah, and so yeah. there's a historic marker on that street. When that historic marker went up, the street, the city changed the street name to Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. Mm. So once Malcolm X was known to have lived on that street and the historic marker went up, the city changed the name to Martin Luther King Jr., almost really to obscure Malcolm X's legacy in yeah. Lansing wow. and replace it with Martin Luther King Jr. Now, years later, they would finally name another street after Malcolm X. But sometimes the name Martin Luther King yeah. Jr. is used to remove vital history that is also important. Yeah. And so Campus Martius, yes, was used as a military camp for the, um, for Civil the War regiment yeah. of, of Michigan for the Civil War, and then prior to that, for the War of 1812. Mm-hmm. So that history is important. The tallest and oldest thing in campus marshes is the Michigan Soldiers and Sailors Monument, which was built right after the Civil War. So it's a Union history. It's the history of Michigan's participation in the Union military during the Civil War. 
So I like the connection between that history and the name, Campus Parsons. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, we're out of time, but uh, John, uh, Jamon Jordan and Derek Alderman, it was great to have both of you here to kind of bookend this conversation. Great perspective and context uh, from both of you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay, that is going to do it for us today. Tune in tomorrow when we are going to speak with J.C. Reese Anthes about artificial intelligence and where it might go. This is 1019 WDETFM, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow. <laughs>